Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading from the One Year Chronological Bible, and today's reading is for April 2nd. Gideon defeats the Midianites, Judges 7, 1-25. Early in the morning, Jerubbaal, that is, Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. If I say, This one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, This one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues, as dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the three hundred who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp, because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. The Midianites, the Malachites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the three hundred men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the three hundred trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah toward Zerah, as far as the border of Abel Mahola near Tabath. Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh were called out, and they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they seized the waters of the Jordan as far as Beth Barah. They also captured two of the Midianite leaders, Oreb and Zeb. 
They killed Oreb at the Rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. They pursued the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan. Wow, an amazing uh, battle story <laughs> uh, that was. God directing Gideon all the way, taking away most of his uh, army, not having them take any kind of weapon, unless you count the uh, pitchers and the trumpets as weapons, and then giving them victory in such an incredible way. All right, let's continue. Gideon kills Zeba and Zalmunna, Judges 8, 1 to 21. Now the Ephraimites ask Gideon, why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they challenged him vigorously. But he answered them, what have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't the gleanings of Ephraim's grapes better than the full grape harvest of Abiezer? God gave Oreb and Zeb, the Midianite leaders, into your hands. What was I able to do compared to you? At this, the resentment against him subsided. Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit, came to Jordan and crossed it. He said to the men of Succoth, Give my troops some bread. They are worn out, and I'm still pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Succoth said, Do you already have the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna in your possession? Why should we give bread to your troops? Then Gideon replied, Just for that, when the Lord has given Zeba and Zalmunna into my hand, I will tear your flesh with desert thorns and briars. From there he went up to Peniel and made the same request of them, but they answered as the men of Succoth had. So he said to the men of Peniel, When I return in triumph, I will tear down this tower. Now Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkor with a force of about 15,000 men. All that were left of the armies of the eastern peoples, 120,000 swordsmen had fallen. Gideon went up by the route of the nomads east of Noba and Jagbatha and attacked the unsuspecting army. Zeba and Zalmunna, the two kings of Midian, fled, but he pursued them and captured them, rooting their entire army. Gideon, son of Joash, then returned from the battle by the pass of Heres. He caught a young man of Succoth and questioned him, and the young man wrote down for him the names of the 77 officials of Succoth, the elders of the town. Then Gideon came and said to the men of Succoth, Here are Zeba and Zalmunna, about whom you taunted me by saying, Do you already have the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna in your possession? Why should we give bread to your exhausted men? He took the elders of the town and taught the men of Succoth a lesson by punishing them with desert thorns and briars. Can I just say ouch there? Uh, not in the text. He also pulled down the Tower of Peniel and killed the men of the town. Then he asked Zeba and Zalmunna, What kind of men did you kill at Tabor? Men like you, they answered, each one with the bearing of a prince. Gideon replied, Those were my brothers, the sons of my own mother. As surely as the Lord lives, if you had spared their lives, I would not kill you. Turning to Jether, his oldest son, he said, Kill them. But Jether did not draw his sword because he was only a boy and was afraid. Zeba and Zalmunna said, Come, do it yourself. As is the man, so is his strength. So Gideon stepped forward and killed them and took the ornaments off their camel's necks. Gideon's Sacred Ephod, Judges 8, 22-35 The Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, because you have saved us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. And he said, I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. 
They answered, we'll be glad to give them. So they spread out the garments and each of them threw a ring from his plunder onto it. The weight of the gold rings he asked for came to 1,700 shekels, not counting the ornaments, the pendants and the purple garments worn by the kings of Midian or the chains that were on their camels' necks. Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Ophrah, his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace 40 years. Jeroboam, son of Joash, went back home to live. He had 70 sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abizrites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Bareth as their god and did not remember the Lord their God, who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They also failed to show any loyalty to the family of Jeroboam, that is Gideon, in spite of all the good things he had done for them. All right, there's some interesting things there. You've got the rest um, peace for 40 years. You know, and that's good, and that's what's happened after every judge. But then you also have the people turning back uh, to worship other gods. You've got this uh, this uh, mention here of Gideon, Jeroboam, son of Joash, which they say is Gideon, um, had many wives and concubines, apparently. and uh, And then we're told... The people prostituted themselves to the Baals, and they also did not show any loyalty to his family. Abimelech rules over Shechem, Judges 9, 1-6. Abimelech, son of Jeroboam, went to his mother's brothers in Shechem and said to them and to all his mother's clan, Ask all the citizens of Shechem, which is better for you, to have all 70 of Jeroboam's sons rule over you, or just one man? Remember, I am your flesh and blood. When the brothers repeated all this to the citizens of Shechem, they were inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is related to us. They gave him seventy shekels of silver from the temple of Baalbareth, and Abimelech used it to hire reckless scoundrels who became his followers. He went to his father's home in Ophrah, and on one stone murdered his seventy brothers, the sons of Jeroboam. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, escaped by hiding. Then all the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo gathered beside the great tree at the pillar in Shechem to crown Abimelech king. Jotham's parable, Judges 9, 7-21. When Jotham was told about this, he climbed up on top of Mount Gerizim and shouted to them, Listen to me, citizens of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. One day the trees went out to anoint a king for themselves. They said to the olive tree, Be our king. But the olive tree answered, Should I give up my oil, by which both gods and humans are honored? to hold sway over the trees. Next, the trees said to the fig tree, come and be our king. But the fig tree replied, should I give up my fruit so good and sweet to hold sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, come and be our king. But the vine answered, should I give up my wine, which cheers both gods and humans to hold sway over the trees? Finally, all the trees said to the thorn bush, come and be our king. The thorn bush said to the trees, If you really want to anoint me king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, then let fire come out of the thorn bush and consume the cedars of Lebanon. 
Have you acted honorably and in good faith by making Abimelech king? Have you been fair to Jeroboam and his family? Have you treated him as he deserves? Remember that my father fought for you and risked his life to rescue you from the hand of Midian. But today you have revolted against my father's family. You have murdered his 70 sons on a single stone and have made Abimelech the son of his female slave king over the citizens of Shechem because he's related to you. So have you acted honorably and in good faith toward Jeroboam and his family today? If you have, may Abimelech be your joy and may you be his too. But if you have not, let fire come out from Abimelech and consume you, the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo, and let fire come out from you, the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo, and consume Abimelech. Then Jotham fled, escaping to Beer, and he lived there because he was afraid of his brother Abimelech. And that's the end of the reading for April 2nd. Okay, so we have the defeat of the Midianites, which we talked a little bit about already. Uh, we've got Gideon pursuing uh, those other leaders, Zeba and Zamuna. Uh, in the midst of that, um, these towns and these leaders not helping his army. And then, so then they get punished afterward. Then you have Zeba and Zalmunna. Um basically taunting Gideon. And so when his oldest son doesn't want to kill them, he kills them. So then you have uh, the Israelites asking Gideon to rule over them. There's this, there's this beginning need for or desire for uh, a king, a ruler. And so then you've got... Um, Abimelech, basically, coming to rule over Shechem. Uh, you've got this argument, and then you have Jotham uh, rising up and giving this parable of what's going to happen if they allow Abimelech to rule, make him king. And, uh, and then after this parable, basically, Jotham gets out of town because he's afraid of Abimelech. So, so what do I take from this? What do I uh, apply from this? You know, some of these things that were happening back then have nothing to do with me today. Certainly doesn't have to do with military strategy. Um, there's not a whole lot that I can say this is exactly the way it's supposed to work for me. So what I'm taking away is just the overall storyline that, that with these judges... God provided a judge, delivered them, and then once they were delivered, regardless of all the other details that we read, it says they had peace for a certain amount of years, in this case, 40 years after Gideon. But then what do they do? They turn back to worshiping other gods, and we go through all this again. And so one of the main lessons for me is just even when there's victory, spiritual victory in my life, even when I see God doing amazing things, and where I'm completely submitted to him, it can be easy, just like with the nation of Israel, to get lax, to not worship him as fully, to get my eyes on other things and my allegiances, to get lazy spiritually. And... If it can happen to the nation of Israel, who so God delivered them over and over and over again, it could certainly happen to me. It could happen to uh, 
my family. It can happen to my friends. It can happen to my church. And so that's what I want to take away. Just staying fully committed to God, even in times of peace. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this uh, the story of, of these judges. And Lord, letting us know that your people continually, after times of peace, turned away from you, worshiped other gods, and then you brought them uh, some pain, and then they had to call for other uh, leaders. We also see, Father, the beginning of of them calling out for a king, and, and we'll I know we'll look more at that later, but I pray you'll help me today, Father, to be wholeheartedly dedicated to you, even when things seem to be going well. Help me not to be um, getting my eyes away from you. In Jesus' name, amen.